0: Good morning, good morning, ain't it a great morning outside, folks? Here it is towards the end of December. It's holiday, and because of the holiday, uh, being Sir Java, are going to take a little break, but you are listening to the Gestalt Gardener. It's a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My producer is the awesome Java Chapman, and uh, we're not going to be live today because, again, it's holidays, and everybody's uh, out whooping up with their family and friends and all, so sit back and relax. We've got some fun stuff, uh, some real interesting interviews coming up, some uh, including one from From my friend Steve Bender from Southern Living, the grumpy gardener himself, and also our old friend, the dearly departed, Dr. Dirt. We're going to take a little break and come back with some news and more of the Gestalt Gardener here on MPB. It's a, a tape program, but we're going to be live here as soon as we get back from holiday. We'll be right back after this.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: okey you doke, know, folks, again, Horticulture's fellow rushing. And this because of the holiday, this is not a live program, but uh, we have a, a, a fun thing coming up. I've got an interview with my old friend, Steve Bender. He recently retired as a longtime horticulture editor of Southern Living. He calls himself the grumpy gardener. I think you'll really enjoy this wonderful man's grumpy approach towards gardening. Steve, are you there? I am here. I sort of set you up a little bit. Steve Bender, you just retired after 30-something years of Southern living, right?
2: Yeah, I still write uh, stories uh, for them every month, but I do it from home while I'm drinking a beer.
0: (laughs) Well, you and I, we go back a long ways. I think uh, at your wedding, I gave you and your wife, Judy, a tire planter as a wedding gift. I don't know if you still have it or not, or if you'd admit it if you did.
2: I've, I've, tears come to my eyes every time I remember that uh, tender <laughs> moment.
0: <laughs> well, listen, when you were Southern Living, you know we've known each other a lot. We lecture together every time we go someplace. I mean, you're the you, you're the guy because you're Southern Living, and people bow and scrape, want to kiss your ring and all like that. And <laughs> I'm thinking that's not the Steve that I know, but it was a Southern Living persona. But you found a way around that by writing a blog as the Grumpy Gardener. Where did the Grumpy Gardener come from?
2: Uh, well grumpy gardener kind of evolved it started back in about uh, 2008 but it kind of evolved out of a column i used to write for the magazine where people would actually would write in with real questions i never made any of them up and uh they'd all get answers
0: but, uh, but not necessarily in the in the airbrushed southern living fashion
2: no i mean i tried to i what i wanted to do is just to be a little bit different so i think a lot of times, gardeners take everything really seriously. Um, they are trying to compete with their neighbors, and uh, they get really upset if they happen to kill a plant. And I just try to, I just try to tell them, hey, you know what? We've all been there. I've been doing this for twenty, thirty years. I've killed hundreds of plants, and <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't lose sleep over it. It's not I
0: like a little it kitten. It's not like a little kitten or something, right?
2: I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, every, everything's replaceable. Um, so, and maybe if it dies, you can replace it with something you'll like better. So, I just try and give people good advice, practical advice. I tell them about all the stupid things I've done, so they won't do the same thing. And uh, they tell me about the stupid things they <laughs> they've done, so that I won't do it. Yeah, and, But uh, I always but, try to do it in a way that's, uh, that makes it fun for everybody and not intimidating.
0: Yeah, and anybody knows you know that you're a real sweetheart teddy bear, but you can be real grumpy sometimes.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. say, there are certain things that uh, that people do, uh, like taking chainsaws up into trees to trim the crepe myrtles and stuff like that, <laughs> uh, or putting rubber mulch around the perimeter of their house that um I think probably disqualifies you uh for a Nobel prize. So well,
0: I I I'll tell you a classic way where you could be a little grumpy bender. Everybody <laughs> on earth, including their society, spells Crate Myrtle with an A and you spell it with an E because you can.
2: That's because um I'm terribly arrogant. Uh, <laughs> well actually here's here's the re- real reason. Um cr- Southern Living has always spelled it with an e mm-hmm. because we think that the flowers, the little flowers, if you look at them closely,
0: they look for like example, crepe.
2: crepe paper. Yeah. which they do.
0: Yeah, which is you probably know, the truth.
2: Yes. So if you can tell, I know what crepe spelled with an e is. If you can tell me what crepe. Spelled with an A is uh, wow. I mean, you should you should have your own show.
0: Oh, oh wait, wait wait wait! You're starting to get a little grumpy here, Steve.
2: Well, my attitude is when you get your magazine, you can spell
0: it any way <laughs> you want. Man, I, I love you, guy. But I got to tell you, you just came out, you, and, and I thought that I coined. I wrote an article in our Clarion Ledger paper about your new book, which we could get to in just a second. But I said it was the second best. Gardening book because the first one, you know, you were sort of the editor, the head haunter of the book called The Southern Living Garden Book, which is, you know, in all seriousness, w- with my groaning b- bookshelves of books, that's the one I reach for when I need a quick reference about a plant because it is the book called The Southern Living Garden Book. You wrote that, but then I went on your blog and you'd already said it was the second best book after some kind of Alabama insect control guide or something.
2: <laughs> well, actually, the reason that I said it was the second-best uh, book ever written is, you got to remember, we are uh, living in the Bible.
0: Oh, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> well, I, I was second-best gardening book, but I thought yeah. I coined that, you know? And, and then I found yeah. out, I, I, and all you've got to do to find uh, not only uh, your blogs, which go back for 10 years, on yeah. every kind of topic, and also YouTube, and just Google grumpy gardener i I did Groupy garden grumpy gardener you came up like a bad (laughs) gas
2: well gee that's
0: such a nice metaphor i mean i I found you know there you you have youtube grumpy gardener guide to finding safe drinking water in the woods
2: (laughs) yeah i know um listen uh i just i just you know if yeah. they if they pay me enough, I do it. Um, <laughs> and so we go out and we've gotten these field guy you know out in the woods with these field guys, mm-hmm. and I talk about how not to get bitten by poisonous snakes and what looks like poison ivy and what you know I mean all that sort of stuff. I mean it's just it was just the way they uh, a lot of people like to look at little videos on um, on you know the internet. So they asked me to do some, and I said okay, I'll do some things. That I know something about. Um, they asked me actually to do something about uh, topics like what you should do if you meet a bear in the woods.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you run. I know you're not supposed to, but that's what I'm doing.
2: <laughs> yeah. So hey, you I, know. You know I
0: mean, you're supposed to. You know you're supposed to bend down and tie your shoes because all they got. You, you only have to be the second slowest.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I said I'm not going to give people advice on that because uh, somebody would probably be devoured because of what I said. So it, it would have to be something that I know something about, which fortunately for uh, the world is uh, considerable.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, and, and again, I, I, of course, I'm not uh, dissing Southern living when I say that that a lot of it's kind of airbrushed and church-like. Because that's the way Southern Living is. It sets a standard. You know that, and I know that. It is the guide for gardening. And it's not always completely what you'd expect. But you started doing this grumpy gardener thing, Bender, as is, uh, uh, is a way to answer questions in a real-life way. Everyday gardeners, earnest gardeners, who, who want to know real stuff, and you answer as if you were uh, kind of an irritated, real, hands-on gardener.
2: Well, the thing is i also i do something I don't think you can find elsewhere. I may be wrong in this, but there are email addresses published in on my Grunty gardener page in the in Southern Living and also on my blog and If you have a gardening question, you can just go to that email and you can email me with your question and I answer them all and they don't have to come from the South. I mean, I get questions from Alaska, and I get questions from Sweden, and I get uh, questions from California all the time. I don't know why they're not uh, asking Sunset, but they ask me. And, uh, well, so partly because like, you also
0: best. you also did the Sunset Garden Tuesday. Come on.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so. Mr. Uh, yeah,
0: I'm all down yeah. home. <laughs>
2: Well, I mean, you know, and if you don't like my answer, how much did you pay for it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's my attitude. I'll, I'll do. I'll do. Uh, uh, I'll give you your money's worth.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, you know, it's. It, well, I do the same thing here at NPR, uh, MPB, and NPR. We don't sell anything, so if I don't like something, I've got a book. I've got a review here. It's going to be great. It's called Whitewash. It's all about all <laughs> the dangers of Roundup. We don't need to go oh, there. Lordy, but
2: Lordy, we could but, go off on that one. But
0: and, and you and I, we both get the GMO thing. We get the you know yeah. the mass production and the overuse and all like that. But if you got poison ivy, I'm going to squirt it.
2: Well, the thing about it is, I mean, we can you know, Roundup is really a buzzword. There's, I, I'm convinced. it's, the, the it's internet, Satan?
0: That- it's Satan, Steve?
2: Yeah, I mean, really, all I have to do is mention that once, and I immediately get thousands of emails telling me that this is the worst chemical that has ever been produced in the history of mankind and everything. And what I tell people is, first of all, use it responsibly, read the direction. (laughs) That's most important. I always say apply according to label directions.
0: It's not an earwash. wash.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I don't, you know, it's, it's like I never uh, recommend dousing your whole yard with chemicals, but the fact of it is, when we start talking about chemicals versus organic and natural things, what I want to tell people is, what is actually going to solve their problem? It's like I say, I wish they would come up with an organic solution to fire ants, okay? But They don't have one. It ain't grits. You can't spread grits all over your yard and blow up all your fires. It doesn't (laughs) work. So, until I will always tell them if I can, I will always give them an organic, natural solution when I can. But if it doesn't work, what's the point? So, um, sorry. uh,
0: that's my viewpoint on that. As, as a real gardener, well, this this new book you came out with is a compilation of what I call the best of your worst advice. <laughs> I mean, there's no bells or whistles. It's got horticulture facts in there, but it's not horticulturally correct all the way. Uh, the, the Grumpy Gardener, I mean, you cover stuff like great plants, bad plants, miserable plants, plants you don't want to plant, plants you've got to plant, digging in the dirt, or get weeds, cats killing hummingbirds. I mean, you really um, get a yeah. question about that?
2: yeah i mean well it's you know yeah i just uh, haven't been gardening for all these years i just got experience i mean i remember this one time when you called me up and you seriously wanted to get me to give you a quote about how lawns were high maintenance and the worst thing you can do in your yard
0: i remember
2: grass and i shut you down completely (laughs) i said you know you take that 2000 feet in front of your house Plant a vegetable garden out there and then compare it to a two thousand square foot lawn that you have right next to it. See which one you spend every waking day keeping <laughs> tidy. You know, with a lawn all you gotta do is run the lawnmower over it. You know? <laughs> and guess what? You don't have uh, you don't have mockingbirds pecking at your grass, do you?
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, also, you know, but you touch on bug Zapper, pruning crepe myrtles. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I mean, just page after page, it's tidbits, it's humorous takes on the human struggle that we have, good advice, lots of tidbits. It's just an incredible amount of stuff. It is the easiest read that I've come across. A lot. And I'm not I'm not kissing your butt here, Bender. It's a good read, and you know well, it. I really wish really
2: you would, but uh, let's not uh, dwell on that. Um, well, since, since you're
0: retired from Southern Living, I don't have to.
2: Yeah. Well, the, uh, the idea was I wanted to make it um, – Kind of short bites. Uh, You know, a lot of people like to binge watch TV. I don't. Uh, My wife, if she picks up a 500-page book, you won't see her for a day and a half because you can't put it down. I wanted to make it so that if you wanted to spend an hour with the book, you can. If you want to spend five minutes with the book, you can. And, and, you know, that way. um, Just cut to the chase. People ask me a question, and I'll uh, tell them what I think.
0: Well, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask you one question. I want your take on it as a grumpy gardener. I okay. was driving in today. I come into this program, and I walk part of the way, drive part of the ways. And for two decades, I've watched this beautiful emerald green of cra- uh, 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 arborvitae. It's, it, everything is fine. The yard's in good shape. It's not overdone. No irrigation, blah, 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 blah. Two weeks ago, it started turning browner than a doorknob out of the middle. And these dead people can grow these in cemeteries. But this plant turned completely brown, Suddenly, and the homeowner wants to know, what can I do? And that's my question.
2: Well, I would guess if if you if I had to take a guess as to what happened, I would say it's probably covered with bagworms. No, nope. um, so he might want to look out and see if he thinks he sees these little.
0: Nope, it ain't ain't It's um, deter- golden brown. See, yeah. As you know, I'm leading to a question. You and I both get questions we don't have an answer for, as much as we've learned.
2: Yeah. Well, sometimes I can get them to send me a picture. I mean, that's the one good thing about uh, technology these days. I can get them to send me a picture, but uh, um,
0: but we you know, just when don't know.
2: Pray, My plants dying. Why? I said, well, it, it, you probably shouldn't have set fire to it. <laughs>
0: You're a bad gardener.
2: Yeah. You're an evil person. No one likes you. Stop bothering me.
0: Listen, speaking of stop bothering you, I I managed to snag you real quick on this. I appreciate it, Steve. I I I have a lot of respect for you as a horticulturist, but this Grumpy Garden book, I have a lot more respect for you as just a real gardener. I appreciate you doing this, man. It's gonna it's a terrific book.
2: Well, as always, uh, being with you on your show is a blast. I um, had a good time. It's nice to talk to somebody who <laughs> <laughs> feels uh, a lot of the same things about gardening as I do. So,
0: well, um, you're a scholar and a gentleman. Didn't, uh hug Judy, and uh, you need, you're on your way to a, a book signing in what Asheville or something?
2: Uh yeah, I'm up in I'm in North Carolina here doing and, a couple. And you
0: can be you could, you could be in Mobile pretty soon, though, right?
2: Yeah, I'm gonna be in Mobile, Golly, I have to look at okay. my calendar. But let, I'm going to be down there in a
0: couple of weeks. Let, let me okay. know. Let me know because we'll be talking about that. Because I re- I really want people to meet the Grumpy Gardener in person. You're you're, you know, you're you're well known, but now that you're not Southern living, you can just be grumpy all the time. Well, what am I saying? You're already grumpy. <laughs>
2: yeah, I'll just get worse.
0: See you, Bender. Thank you, man. All right. <laughs> okay, that was Steve Bender. 33 years as a senior garden writer for Southern Living, now the Grumpy Gardener book is out. I highly recommend this book, folks. And if you don't want to get a book, go online and Google Grumpy Gardener and take it from there. He's an old friend of mine and uh, a real gardener, too, who really kills plants. So anyway, we're going to take a real quick break. We've got a couple of folks who have been hanging on for a long time. We're going to take your phone calls after this and then pretty soon some cheesy seasonal music. Uh, Java Chapman, thank you, Java, for letting us have a kind of a long interview there. But, you know, he's We'll have
3: to
2: get these people holding like a T-shirt or something.
0: (laughs) We're going to be back with more of the Gestalt Garden here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this.
1: If you're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio, we appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer. Go to mpbonline.org.
0: Okie doke, folks. Horticulture is still rushing. It's a holiday, so we've taken a little bit of a break, but we've got an interview that I think you're going to really enjoy with my old friend, the dearly departed Leon Goldsberry, Dr. Dirt himself. I hope you enjoyed this, this little blast from the past. We all miss him, but his spirit lives on here on the Gestalt Gardener. I'm spend a few minutes uh, celebrating the life of a, of a wonderful man, a wonderful gardener, Dr. Dirt. He was a much-beloved former co-host of this program. Passed away a few nights ago in his sleep at his home in Edwards. He was 70, uh, but he leaves a really big heart in the hearts of all those who do and love him. Leon Goldsberry is a natural gardener. I've known him for, knew him for years and years and years. Uh, he studied sociology at Rust College in Holly Springs and moved to Toronto for 30 years, Uh, and he came home to take care of his mother, Millie. Uh, But because he was a man on a mission, his green thumb really transformed. He had a 109-year-old home place that his grandfather built in Edwards. He turned it into a garden like Eden, uh, known throughout Mississippi and way beyond. Uh, this man who called himself Dr. Dirt, was he was featured in Southern Living magazine twice. Uh, there's a full-page picture of him holding zinnias in a big Southern Living garden book. Uh, he was featured on HGTV's Gardener's Diary and a bunch of other TV stuff. You can see some of them, by the way, by just Googling Dr. Dirt, Mississippi. And take it from there. Uh, He and I drove my old (laughs) truck with the plants in the back across the eastern half of the country. I guess we lectured in or visited gardeners and botanic gardens in 22 states, even the Philadelphia Flower Show. Uh, Dirt used to ride a shuttle bus from Edwards to Jackson every Friday morning. He'd have a cup of hot tea uh, while we got our notes together for the broadcast. And he always brought, like a a caller mentioned earlier, he always brought a flower bouquet from his garden every single week of the year. He had something arranged, usually wrapped in newspaper, sometimes in a vase. Uh, Again, a flower arrangement every single week from his garden, most grown in just plain dirt or whole assortment containers. Um, He used to mock me mercilessly over the years because of my horticulture approach, and he taught me to relax and go with more what I learned from my own grandmother and great-grandmother. He used to say in his lectures all the time, gardening is simple and it's easy, don't let folks make it hard for you. He and I came really close to publishing a book called Me and Dirt or Dirt and Me, and it had lots of, we got lots of stories and favorite flowers and plants and pictures, including his bouquets. Don't know if I'm going to uh, bring it forward or not, but it sure would be a fine tribute to a superb, real dirt gardener named Leon Goldsberry. So the following six or seven minutes, just listen to how he and I work. This is a clip from a Mississippi Road segment. Listen to how he and I work together. We love gardening together. Um... You can even hear the train that went by his garden every day. Uh, but in particular, I mean, in particular, listen for his deep-rooted wisdom, and especially that irrepressible deep laughing chuckle. We'll return our regular call in, in broadcast after that, a nice little tune that I chose for Dr. Dirt. So here's uh, a little tribute to uh, the late, great Leon Dr. Dirt Goldsberry.
3: That's what we try to do with the Gestalt Garden. The definition for it means the whole thing, everything that related, like overlapping, relating to gardening and that's we talk about everything that's related to it we're going with the things that we have in common and the difference is we're going to celebrate them when we
0: get on the radio together he calls me professor i call him dirt okay and we just we compliment each other he's just another nutty gardener like i am i enjoy being
3: on there like the and i have a great time
0: bruce is calling from holly springs hi bruce good morning good morning good morning how are you
1: Y'all are pretty special, too, but you ain't much to look
0: at. <laughs> <laughs> hey, and we can take it a step further. We don't smell that good either. <laughs> but we on radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: love your show.
0: I was riding around with a friend, Rita Hall, looking for gardens. And um, we came across this woman in Edwards who had a lot of flowers. And And I complimented her on her. And she said, if you think that's something, you ought to see my nephew lives around the corner. I kept saying, you have some beautiful flowers.
3: I kept saying, no, I don't. My faith that I worship created this here, and they're not mine, and uh, he wanted to take pictures, but I still didn't know that he was full of rushing.
0: He just dismissed me. He didn't care who I was. I didn't tell him, you know, that I'm right for the paper, do radio and all.
3: Then he came back, I guess, six months, three months later, and back and forth, back and forth, and he had a radio show he used to call in a lot too.
0: And I decided to have him as a guest one time, and we just clicked, because even though I've got horticulture training, at heart I'm a gardener. But it's like nine
3: years ago, and we've gradually, over uh, the nine years, have developed a friendship.
0: He approaches things with a, uh, a real smack so it, own it just jump-right-into-it type of it approach. It and I kind of wallow it around in my mind a little bit before I get around to it. Do you ladies know this? I admire the fact that he just Do does it. Uh, and he's amused by the fact that I get balled up in all the reasons why it might not work.
3: He's a horticultural professor that's becoming a very good gardener. He might not like me
0: saying so, but uh, I say it as uh, Dirt, Dr. Dirt. We share that spirit that a lot of people have, not everybody, but a lot of people do. It's the difference between trying to fix a fancy meal or just slapping something together, you know, if it's for company or it's for family. Well, we're family. I met Dirt's mother, Millie, one time, and she was real nice to me, polite and all. My mother just ate Dirt up. She just loved him. She called Dirt one of her boys, you know, one of her children. Matter of fact on our radio program, we always feel like that our mothers are standing right behind us gonna smack us on the back of the head any minute. Reed caller from Loosedale. Hey Reed.
1: I wonder if one of you guys could handle redoxomorphic. That means modeled dirt. <laughs> modeled.
0: <laughs> like the Miss America of dirt. <laughs> yeah. Well, she doesn't look that good, but she won a talent contest, so let's plant something in it. <laughs> okay, great. Some people are good fishermen, they're good gardeners, they're good hunters, uh, good cooks, and they share a certain type of intelligence. called uh, It's called naturalistic intelligence. In gardening, we call it the green thumb, and dirt is just eat up with it. He has a hidden garden in a small town in rural Mississippi, and when people discover it, they come back because there's something real there
3: we moved here and towed the yard up my sisters and i because right here used to be second base i'll never forget it i consider my garden millie's gardens a folk garden and that's because of old-fashioned plants and all of the quote art of things that people threw away that i take
0: and incorporated artistically with the plants and with the blooms I've got connections in the garden rider world because that's what I do professionally. When I took uh, southern living people and HDTV by to Meet Dirt, uh, he's on his own. You know, they snagged on him instantly. He's been to southern living twice. That's unheard of. I like plants that you usually get
3: from somebody else that pass along and stuff. And people now want you to go to the garden center to get everything. And you get it from, this came from cuttings and stuff. Most of the stuff is from cuttings from people. And I don't even drive on a vehicle, neither. Oh, wow. <laughs> But I love flowers, though, I'll bribe somebody. <laughs> Most people, the majority of the folks, are blown away in a good way, That they're highly impressed that the plants that I have are plants that they grew up with, with their parents and their grandparents. What would you say this was? That summer flock. Folks have got told away from doing the old way of yeah. passing plants along.
0: <laughs> Only mama gets told on that.
3: Now... You don't get little cuttings. People do not plant an oak tree to say, oh, grandpa put that in, or pecan tree to say, granddad, grandma didn't put that in, like my hydrangeas, my great-grandparents put in. And people took cuttings, and uh, hopefully family members of mine would take cuttings of uh, the hydrangeas because it goes back.
0: Oh, I got a run.
3: And this is for your mom. I'm the type who likes to share and switch and go to somebody else who's, who's growing plants at home. (laughs) <laughs>
4: now I love
3: this. What, what
0: that's
3: a potato vine. Is not there? potato. We're down south. We're Mississippi. Tater. Tater. Tater <laughs> vine. Tater, Tater, vine. Tater, Tater, Tater vine. vine. Please send some other folks. Tell them that I'm not a monster and I love flowers. I'm just a nut for them. That's all. Oh, it's another way of, of humans getting along. Just like if they say music helps you to heal. Same thing with gardening. Because it crosses all lines. It does. It crosses all lines.
0: Dirt spent a lot of time outside the South. So did I. And we came home and realized that our people, our people, our neighbors, our family, our friends, need to lighten up on ourselves a little bit. And we found a good vehicle. Dirt helps me to realize that it's not about rules. It's about enjoying. No matter, if you like to mow grass or grow roses, enjoy it. If you don't enjoy it, find something else. Anybody can call us on the radio. and We're going to help them feel comfort. We may wag our fingers in their face about something things are doing that aren't fun but uh, our idea is to help people connect and have fun and relax and share and he's helped me do that through gardening
4: jazz can be just what the doctor ordered join me meredith michelle with wjsu's evening jazz seven to ten weeknights on mpb music radio
1: this is an mpb think radio podcast to hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the mpb public radio app to listen on your iphone or android phone on demand
2: Okay, doke folks, I'm Java Chapman, and you're listening to the Gestalt Gardener. This is not a live program. Felder Russian is taking a little bit of a break for the holiday. I want to say Merry Christmas to you and yours, and thank you for listening to the Gestalt Gardener throughout 2017. This is not a live program, but he is sharing some of his favorite interviews and people with you. And up next is a piece of a conversation that he had with Miss Deborah Hunter. The host of Deep South Dining, another great program here on MPB, think radio.
0: Deborah, so glad to chat with you. I got some things that are on my mind about Southern cooking.
4: Well, it's always happy to see you, Felder.
0: You know, we've we I'm, I'm the garden guy. You're the cooking. You're guy. the garden
4: guy. Yeah, you know, but and <laughs>
0: in, in, in both of us talk to commercial people. We talk to garden variety home cooks, home gardeners, and uh, I see a lot of connection between what we grow and what we cook, and vice versa, particularly here in the South.
4: Yes, absolutely. Uh, the The ground yields everything that I need to make a delicious meal.
0: And this is you were raised this way.
4: Absolutely. My grandparents were farmers.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Uh, they lived in a two-room shanty, and they raised 16 kids. And that two-room shanty um, had a fireplace, a tin roof, um, and they painted the wood red. So it was literally a little red house that sat on top of a hill. Um, they had hens and chickens and cows and pigs, and they that- raised cotton and corn. Um, and they had a garden where we had all kinds of fresh vegetables.
0: And you didn't know it was special. That's just what's called living.
4: Oh, my gosh. I had no idea how magical it really was until I became an adult and realized that I was blessed beyond measure to have had that experience.
0: Well, you know, when I was a kid, it seemed like everybody had a garden, you know, in their side yard. You know, we, we had okra. We had, you know, tomatoes and peppers. And in the wintertime, we had collars because they grew and you could eat them.
4: Right. It was it was just a standard of living, yeah. you know, and a lot of times people had those gardens uh, for survival mechanisms. Now, you know, of course, it's it's just hip and savvy to, you know, do pot gardens and have, you know, yeah. gardens. A and little f-
0: kitchen garden, little yeah. potager garden yeah. by the kitchen. Yeah. yeah,
4: it's really cute to do that now. But literally, it was a way to feed your children because most families then had more than two children.
0: It's not that way anymore, though, you know, with uh, home home gardening. People still cook at home, but when I was a kid, there were two fast food restaurants in town. Now they're shoulder to shoulder all the way up the street.
4: Speaking of those two fast food restaurants, for us, they were literally uh, a treat. And and we might have got to go once a month, sometimes every three months. It was just depending, and it was really a treat. You know, the kids would get in the car and we'd drive to McDonald's. You know, and, and it was just this amazing treat. But now there are children who are growing up who really don't know the joy of true home cooked meals because their mommies are busy or they just don't know how to cook. And so the kids are fast food babies.
0: Well, when it comes to southern, you could expect up north, you know, where it gets cold, they have a short growing season. People don't grow as much of their own food to get through the wintertime. They have to put up food and preserve. Here we could eat out of our gardens almost year round.
4: Well, we do absolutely, we do, and I love it. you know it's whether you're growing greens or mm-hmm. squash, potatoes, peas, Mississippi really is the holy grail of good ground,
0: especially when you realize that a a, a, a nice bell pepper is going to cost you upwards of two dollars now, and oh you can grow stacks gosh. of them on a plant.
4: The first time I walked in the grocery store, and you know they have in these bags the three peppers, Yeah, yeah. and I saw the price tag, and I was like, that's my car note. Are you yeah. serious? <laughs> Who's going to do that? So you're right. It's easier to go to the farmer's market mm-hmm. where you know that you're getting a more fresher item mm-hmm. or to just grow some yourself.
0: And they may not be as pretty or as big.
4: And they could be, though. You yeah. know, they, they really could be. Mine people. aren't. <laughs> if you spend a little bit time. I can't believe that, Felder.
0: I'm not a good gardener. I'm a garden expert, okay? <laughs>
4: <laughs> My grandfather grew the most beautiful uh, fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. And uh, his thing was his prize watermelons Felder, And he would go and he would mark an X on those ones that we were not supposed to touch. <laughs> uh, and they were super huge. Yeah. Everything was organically grown. Uh, we would take um, at the end of the season he would have us to gather up chips from the cows and we they would dry out and then we would fold them into the soil yeah. and let the soil rest the whole winter. And then we turn it over again in the spring and it would be the second dropping of those chips. And so everything was just organic and beautiful.
0: Well, people aren't gardening like that anymore. You know, I remember when gardens went down, the average went down to 200 square feet, which is 10 by 20. And practically nobody, I'm going to say nobody, most people don't do that anymore, particularly urban people. They don't have home gardens. And the little pot full of peppers or, or oregano or something like that is all we've got. But how how has southern cuisine changed with are getting away from growing a lot ourselves. Are farmers markets really taking up the slack?
4: I think that um, the gap is increasingly filling in. I think that for a while, you know, people had tried more modern things. Mm. But here in Mississippi in particular, uh, there's this southern revival of farm to table. And you hear that phrase word a lot. And you're going to hear it nationally a lot, as well as globally, Mm -hmm. going back to farm to table. Mother Earth really is very beautiful, and she wants us to use her Mm -hmm. to take care of our bodies and our minds. Because what you eat doesn't just affect your body felt, it really does affect your mind.
0: Well, do you think that with rising transportation costs, fuel costs, things like that, there could be less imported from California, Florida, Mexico? Do you think Southerners are going to start growing more if if not at home then locally i
4: think we already have started mm-hmm. I, th- I think you know there there are farms uh you know coming up uh across the state mm-hmm. people that had walked away from those ideas now you see younger people uh you know learning the the art of actual farming, which is really, really beautiful. I did an event a few weeks ago, uh, Mississippi School to Farm, Mm -hmm. and these young people really are learning the value of, you know, taking care of the ground and planning.
0: Well, without trying to get contentious, um, I work a lot with school gardens around the country, and there's been some pushback in some areas where people don't want their children growing stuff at school because it's like, they're being taught to get back on the farm or something. That's, you know, that's I, I, I push back from that, but I hear it a lot.
4: Um, you hear it a lot from people who uh, really have, in my uh, surmise, a lack of understanding of how mm. beautiful it really is. But fortunately, the children, the children are very don't know. interested. They don't know. That's no, right. Well, it, it, they, they're. You know, they're really interested in touching the dirt mm-hmm. and being outside and enjoying the sunshine. And they, the idea that your children get to plant a seed, mm-hmm. nurture that seed and watch it grow, is not just good for them to eat food, but developmentally as a human being, they get to understand processes in life. So as a parent to say to my child, I don't want you to do that, mm-hmm. what you're really saying to them is, I don't want to give you the skills to be a better human being.
0: Wow, wow. And, and the other thing is here in the South, We're blessed, and you can grow stuff outdoors during the school year.
4: Absolutely. But whether you're growing it outdoors or you have to do something inside, I think every child should have that experience.
0: Well, you know? This is there's a there's a big push towards that, and I, I'd li- I'd like to see it developed where it's less about gardening and more about outdoor classroom.
4: And I think economically, as the globe is changing, Felder, I think people are going to find themselves, whether they want to or not, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, having a conversation about going back to those simple values. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really important for. Um, us to really stop and take a look at what's really important to us in life.
0: Well, as far as the southern and, and 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 I appreciate you spending the time with me talking about this this morning. But is the South different in how we cook, how we how we grow, how we the connection between the 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 garden and the table? Are we different from other areas? Our culture,
4: absolutely. And without a doubt, the South is... And not
0: just two Southerners talking to each other.
4: No, but the the South really is different in a lot of ways. Uh, I'll I share a funny story. As a as a young Southern girl, the first time that I flew into New York
0: mm-hmm.
4: uh, and landed at LaGarda Airport, uh, because I'm used to speaking to everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah. How I was, you doing? Hi!
4: And people were looking at me like I was an alien. And so the people that came to pick me up, they said, please... Don't speak to anybody else like that. I've heard that, but that's not true. Yeah, yeah but I'm serious. I, that was my first experience. Mm. You know, here in the South, it's not uncommon to see somebody that you've never seen before in your life.
0: Yeah, you going to eat that cornbread? Right.
4: <laughs> And greet them with a hug like they were an old friend. I I mean, that happens to me every day. So, but not only with that, but even in the way that um, we share meals, Mm -hmm. uh,
0: you know, and and food and vegetables and back and forth, we share with neighbors with people we don't even know.
4: I think that that's one of the threads that. that runs to the heart of the South and especially here in Mississippi, that really makes us truly golden and beautiful because we are willing to share. It's that neighbor that lives up the road mm. that grew a mess of, you know, peas yeah. that want to drop them off at your house and you open your door. Yeah. And, I, and I have a neighbor like that, you know, they, they grow things and, mm. I, and I wake up and there's things at my door with little notes that say, I hope you enjoy that. And And I think that's something that really is true to the South.
0: Well, I have a lawyer friend, and uh, her first payment, legal payment, was a bushel of squash.
4: Oh, I love her.
0: Yeah, yeah. But uh, and, and you know, and our, our friends with slow food, you know, they're they're this getting back to growing things locally and local cuisine, local all like that. And they get together and have what they call uh, convivia. Yeah, we've always done that. We call it potluck.
4: Absolutely, but you'll 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 find the term slow food, especially uh, in Europe, is a, a natural term in Italy and France yeah, yeah. and those mm-hmm. places. But you're right here in Mississippi. It's called. It's shit. called. Hot luck, and, and, yeah. and traditionally, you saw that on Sundays. Mm-hmm. You know, after church service, there's always this food on the ground. Every
0: and, garden club talk I go to, they yeah. bring their, bring food. And everybody knows which casserole to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, as far as, you know, reasonable cuisine, how do you think that, that it's going to – what would you like to see it like 25 years from now?
4: What I'd like to see 25 years from now is really people um, – loving the earth uh, growing things more naturally more organically i'd like to see more women back in the kitchen cooking and some you know and, I've and heard, men
0: and men and men, men like to cook
4: yeah but I, I, when i say that immediately you know all the women livers stand <laughs> up and they <laughs> go what but the, the reality is it's just a, an expression of love
0: yeah yeah yeah
4: you know it's, it's it is not a, a again a gender assignment yeah, yeah. but for me as a woman i want my when I get a husband, mm-hmm. him to know that I love him that way. I want my children to know that I love them away. And mm-hmm. and as a as a cook, I know that every time I cook anything, Felder, my heart goes into it. Mm-hmm. And if you understand science a little bit, literally whatever your hands touch mm-hmm. and the next person digest, a part of your person, your love, your spirit, your attitude, uh, your your zen enters into that person, you know. And so when you in the South, the term cooking with love, mm-hmm. you know, resonated from somebody's grandmother that you knew was cooking with love. And you know? the
0: same thing with gardening for love. you know, Absolutely. There's, there's that sort of thing. And the connection between gardening. I'd like to see more people work up more flower beds that also have peppers in them. And maybe sweet potatoes as a ground cover. Okra is a beautiful hibiscus that you can eat when you're tired of looking at it. Why can't we do this?
4: I mean we can, we can do that and and I think you know that there there are really two movements in the earth right now and I think that it's really important for those people to understand the value of preserving the earth mm. and preserving these simple technologies of farm to table to really get involved in uh you know local organizations that are really you know uh, investing in those kinds of movements
0: and you're seeing those being more better organized fewer strictures, more more, uh, more, public. The garden clubs used to be kind of private groups. Now we have master gardeners and other groups that are more open to everybody.
4: As well as they should be. And and, and without getting into a political conversation, you know, as parents, you know, we need to get more involved with lobbyists and with Congress and having these conversations about, you know, uh, making changes even in our food sources at school, when you look at the world at large mm. and how children eat at lunchtime and how our kids are eating here in the, the greatest country in the world, mm. it just blows my mind. And so we really need to get involved as a whole, whether you are Southerner or not, in this idea of farm to table because it's it's farm to table and it's love to love, heart to heart kinds of conversations that we're talking about. And that
0: starts not on a national regional, state level, but it starts at home and in schools. It starts
4: at home, absolutely. Do you
0: think because Southerners still say yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am, and we raise our kids, a certain, you can holler at your neighbor's kids, that collectively we can influence how, as a, as a, a Southern culture, we grow more food and teach our children.
4: I, th- I think, you know, I, I love the, the fact that you said that, yes, ma'am, and no, ma'am. It's, it's that surrendering level of respect mm. uh, one to another, but we also, you know, teaching your children to respect the earth, and mm. I keep making reference to the earth because we only have this one planet. Yeah. You know, everybody's talking about going to Mars. Well, you know, that's years off and most of us will never make that journey. Yeah, I hope
0: they like tofu. <laughs> right. they give me the okra on Mars.
4: <laughs> so it's really important for us to take care of the earth. And again, being from Mississippi, for me, you know, just taking a, a highway drive up 49 mm-hmm. and being able to see the beautiful flat land and smelling the dirt, or for me to be able to go outside when I'm at the Farm and to touch the dirt myself, it's magical. It really is. And my ten-year-old granddaughter would much rather do that field than watch television. Yeah. It's really amazing The kids want to be involved.
0: Well, we we get we got the scoop, but uh, Deborah, I got to say, you said that when you touch food and you share that, you share something. Does that work for hugs, too?
4: That works for hugs. You know, that, that's the value of being a human being. You know, and people say all the time, you know, you're always so happy. But I I, I am, I like to think that I'm a love bug and mm-hmm. I want to be infectious. I want to share that with everybody. You know, the we've we got a world full of concerns, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can choose to be the light and be the love, whether you're Sharing a meal, and that's why for me, when I'm sharing a meal with somebody, not only do I want to serve you the best foods from the earth, but I want to show you great presentation and a tremendous amount of hospitality.
0: And this is something that people outside the South can learn from us because we've always done it. Absolutely. Thank Absolutely. you, Deborah. Thank you so much.
4: You are so welcome, Felder. So good to see you. <laughs>
0: Horticulturist fellow rushing here. We're off on holidays, but we've got some favorite phone calls we've gotten from you over the past few months. Hope you enjoy some of these clips. They're real questions from real gardeners, and we're really going to have a lot of fun. Now let's go to Biloxi. Hey, Rick, good morning, sir. How you doing? I'm fine. What's going on? Well, without getting into issues of climate change or
1: global warming, we have had some unusually uh, mild winters the last couple of years. Yeah. And uh, I've noticed some... Uh, unusual behavior in a couple of plants. One is a Myers lemon that we bought two years ago. And last year, the first year uh, we had it during the uh, growing season, it uh, produced over a dozen lemons. And this year, the blooms came out, I think, in March or something like, you know, unusually early.
0: Yeah.
1: And it has only produced. Three lemons so far, and I'm curious as to whether or not you think uh, that yeah can stress be caused by a lack of cold weather.
0: Well, n- well, not with citrus because they grow, you know, they're they're you know they're subtropical plants, you know, right. and, and they, you know, they. Grow, I've seen them a lot in the mountains of southern Japan, you know, and they like a little cold weather, but they don't really need a whole lot of cold to flower. But also keep in mind that, you know, the kind of weather you have on the Gulf Coast, the winds, the long, hot, dry summer spells, the heavy rains, all those affect individual plants, and they can affect entire groups of similar plants. So, uh, so, you know, uh, rainfall patterns, heat, summer nights, you know, all those kind of things. uh, We are seeing some distinct changes in plants. We're seeing poison ivy that has more of the uh, poisonous oil in it because of the warmer weather and the higher carbon uh, carbon dioxide in the air. We're seeing that. And yeah. uh, so any, anyway, but as far as oh. it affecting the tree, that's going to be, I think, a year-to-year type thing, especially okay. if it affects the same kind of plant over a big area, like across the coast. Individual other, plants, yeah.
1: One, one other quick question. Uh, I bought, because I thought the blooms were so lovely, uh, an Indian red brush plant, I think is the name of, brush something plant.
0: It's not bottle yeah. brush plant, is it? It. Uh, uh, excuse me? Does it look like a red bottle brush? Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. it's called bottle brush.
1: And uh, they supposedly grow eight or nine feet tall. In fact, the place that I bought it from in uh, New Orleans had a, gr- a group of them together right. that were about that size. And, and
0: It's a good plant.
1: The, the one that I, I bought, we have a patio home, and it's very little, uh, only a couple of spots that really get a great deal of sunshine. And this is in one of the shadier areas, and is producing new leaves, but it's losing the older foliage at, it's, at about the same yeah, rate.
0: It's, it's, it's October. You know, that's yeah. going to happen. That's going to happen. So anyway, it's a great plant, Rick, and I appreciate it, man. Give me a shout at any time, okay? Okay, uh, we're out of time, right? Okay, Java says we're leaving Sheila and Brandon hanging there. Sorry, Sheila. Send me an email, garden at mpbonline.org. There's so many things I want to share with you all today. I got an email. uh, This fellow named uh, David Snyder Mobile says he uses catnail trimmers to deadhead his flowers. Little things like that I want to share with y'all, but we ran out of time again. It's okay. We'll be here next week. Well, I could waste a bunch of time with a grumpy gardener with that interview, but go online. Google grumpy gardener. Uh, I really respect the, the approach this guy's got towards real gardening. I'm Horticulturist Felder Rushing, and this has been the Gestalt Gardener, production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. My, uh, my, my producer is the awesome java chapman we've had kevin farrell being our phone greeter and uh, we're going to be taking a quick break called a week we'll be back next no- next november talking about gardening here on the gestalt gardener i am going to mobile the corner of saint anne and dolphin for a plant swap that starts at 10 o'clock on saturday morning you've got some things i can help i promote garden at mpbonline.org meanwhile take a kid to a garden center Get them a sack of bulbs, show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. See you all next week.